Farrell takes a look to the inside, and Jerry Farrell not going to be able to make the pass as they go down into turn number one for the last time. Up onto the back straightaway, it's still John Wilson out in front, Jerry Farrell and Tommy Hill, the top three. Bobby Bob looks to the inside of Hill, going to make one last shot at it. No, he blows the tire or something off. Loses position there, and down the front straightaway, it's Juke and John Wilson with the win over Jerry Farrell and Tommy Hill. Inside Florida Racing. And it is Inside Florida Racing. I'm Jack Smith. Rob Elting, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. You got Bonehead here. Uh, you know, we're short C.C. Brooks tonight, but that's all right. We're going to give you a uh, full-fledged good time anyway. Well, give you happy birthday, Rob. Yeah, that's right. It is my birthday, isn't it? I'm 43 years old. Wow. I feel older. But, uh, a milestone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh doesn't feel any different than uh, when I was 40 or 38. Just uh, another year to tack on. I bet you wish you were 43, don't you? Nah, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> <sighs> Experience, uh, my friend. <laughs> yes, um, that's what I always say to everyone that's younger than me. So, uh... You're listening to Inside Florida Racing, where we cover uh, Florida racing at its finest, that we try to. I know it's getting harder and harder to find fine racing, but uh, it's still out there. People are still racing. Tracks are still opening their doors up and uh, having these races. And Jack, are folks still showing up? I'll tell you what, man. I don't know about that. I know at some, some places they are, and uh, quite frankly... Some places they're not. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Also, uh, not just at the local level, but, um, you know, NASCAR's taking it on the chin, too. You know, they don't like to admit that, but it's a fact, and it's out there all over uh, the real media. I know a couple of these GM guys are taking it more than on the chin. They're going to take it right in the rear. Oh, boy. Um, I know I've talked about it before that, you know, GM going out of business is substantial to uh, – NASCAR and uh, to a lot of the teams, you know, and uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt Incorporated is one of them, you know, uh, Richard Childress, I guess he's probably another one, you know, you lose that funding from GM, you're backing from your corporate sponsor, taking care of all those motors, I think you're going to see more and more people going to a Ford or a Toyota. It is a sign of the times, that's for sure. Hmm. I'll tell you, though, uh, we, uh, we're we going to talk uh, in a few minutes to... Uh, you know, it's amazing, Rob. We have four uh, big memorial races coming up in the next uh, few weeks. Um, because of the rain out uh, earlier, we have uh, the Powell Memorial coming up uh, this Friday. Then on uh, the following weekend, Saturday, the... I don't have my calendar in front of me, and I get confused. I guess it would be great. the, huh? I said great. You're going to start giving out the wrong date. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, it gives people something to bitch about. But um, well, the 19th should be the. Uh, it'd be the 27th. Memorial. Yeah, and the 27th, the uh, Scott Thompson Memorial. Both dirt late model races, obviously, at Volusia. So we have two big dirt late model races, both of them memorial races, back to back weekends. Then this also this Friday night, 
is the uh, Dick Joslin Memorial at Orlando Speed World. And uh, have Mr. Uh, Rick Bristol is going to talk with us about that. And it's absolutely fascinating. You know, we've been covering, Rob, you know, we've talked each year, what, for the last three years here on Real Racing USA, Inside Florida Racing and other things we do about the Rick's uh, charity truckers race he does every year. And I'll tell you, what he's doing this year is just, I mean, I'm left speechless at times when I look at it. Um, we've made some major updates to his website in the last week, and what he's doing is uh, off the charts, and we're going to talk to him about that. And then also on July the 2nd, which is a Thursday night, and that is correct, Thursday night, or maybe it's Tuesday night. <laughs> anyway, July the 2nd uh, is Thursday night. Um, the Clyde Hart Memorial at New Smyrna Speedway. So that's four. Per- run that on Thursday night. They always run it on the day. Yeah, it's always. No matter what day it falls. Yeah, it's usually during the middle of the week there, on uh, just before the Fourth of July. And unless you know, of course, weather's upset the balance from time to time. But uh, yeah, pretty big deal over there at New Smyrna. That's when they they bring out the they bring Clyde's old green truck down on the track and. I guess there's some other stuff like that, but uh, it's a pretty big deal. They have a big late model race that day? Yeah, supers. Supers, man. It's uh, it's also this year, it's one of the, it's the second leg, I guess, of the uh, Triple Crown. Right. Fat, yeah, the Fast Car Florida Triple Crown. Joe will straighten this out, Joe Lewandowski. Marketing director for Fast Car New Smyrna Speedway will straighten us out on that. Who's your carding guest tonight? Oh, uh, hold on one second. I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's Barry Bartlett, but it's Barry Bartlett the third. Barry Bartlett the uh, third. I used to race with Barry Bartlett the second, which was his father. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Barry Bartlett the third is doing. Uh, Rob, you raced with everybody. You raced, I heard that you raced with Andrew Jackson. No, but I'm related to Andrew Jackson. I'm a Jackson. My grandmother, who is in a home right now, my mother's mother is a Jackson, believe it or not. She used to always tell me, you're related to Andrew Jackson or to Stonewall Jackson. Was that the same one? (laughs) No, that's a different one. That's a different one, Rob. Okay. Well, they're all Jackson, so... uh, it's funny that you said that, but uh, no, you know, it's, it, it, when you're when you think about racing and how it is, uh, I've been involved in racing. If you figure, start with karting. I mean, probably since 1978, yeah, uh, or 80 around there, 81, 82, yeah, probably about 1980. I was racing go karts as a kid, and then got back into it at about 1988. 89, 90, then got into cars after that. So when you span that, you know, kind of racing over, and, and you've been in the same area, raced all over the state of Florida, you tend to race with the same people, and you hear these last names, and then you look into it, just like with Bartlett. I was seeing uh, Barry Bartlett racing, uh, you know, around Charlotte when I was there, and uh, I realized that this was... Uh, uh, Bartlett the third, you know, that the, the guy that used to race street stock, Sunshine, he's uh, now as his kid's grown up and he's 
you know, helping his kid uh, realize those dreams, you know, and I was thinking about that, Jack, today. You know, I spend a lot of time driving equipment. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting, the father and son relationship and how it works out. Um, and some families, the fathers work all week and they're very lazy and they don't spend time with their sons or daughters, you know, um, and trying to form their lives, even when they're 10, 11, 12 years old. Those are really important times, I think. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, when I see things like, you know, just like the Bartlett case, you know, and um, I don't know Barry's situation, you know, Barry the second, and how he got involved in racing or if his family was all involved in it and everything, and it was something that was passed down. In my situation, it wasn't. So um, my uh, stepfather um, helped me out, you know, to go race, and obviously he was a farmer and it wasn't, you know, in his blood, but he still took the time, you know, to do it. And uh, when, I, when I hear fathers that don't sometimes take the time to do simple things, even in taking their son to a race so they can see it because they're worried about he's going to want to do it and they can't afford it, you know, it is kind of disheartening, but it is always nice when you see that it does come to pass, and just like the Bartlett's, and they race, and he's able to help his son realize dreams that maybe um, he didn't have the help to realize. And that, absolutely, and that, you know, and that's very, very true. Whether it's uh, you're talking about racing or you're talking about uh, any other sports or activity, it's a very important thing, man. No doubt. Hey, you got to spend the time with the kids, and then you never know. It's like Barry Bartlett the third. He's turned out to be a heck of a racer in his young time that he's uh, come through this. And uh, I think by the time he was the age his father was when he was racing street stocks, he'll be really good. Yeah. But we're going to talk to him for the carding segment. There you go, Barry. There's a good intro for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, next week uh, the uh, Powell Memorial, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is the 14th annual. Um, Powell Memorial. It's going to be broadcast live on Real Racing USA. It's one of the uh, sponsors is Checkered Flag Racing out of uh, Opalaca, Florida. That's Big Al down at Checkered Flag Racing. They build and repair race cars. And uh, they help you win at the track. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give out their phone number a bunch of times today. It's 305-769-3915. One nine. It's three zero five seven six nine three nine one nine. Call up Bill a uh, uh, Big Al and just ask him any kind of question. I don't care if you ask him what the weather's like in Miami. Just call him up. He'll appreciate it. Rob, you want to talk doing to the, huh? Doing the uh, broadcasting of the live broadcast. <sighs> Mister uh, Rick Angies and uh, and. Uh, I do believe that uh, Joe Dirt is going to be there with him. I'm not positive on that. That was the way it was scheduled before, and I believe uh, Rick and Joe are going to Joe. Uh, Joe uh, uh, holy cow, Joe Dirt, man. Joe Dirt. Yeah. Joe. Joe. Joe and, uh, and Joe and Rick will do it, and uh, we will see. Uh, that should be a pretty cool thing because. Um, 
these guys have been all amped up, man, for this stuff and for this these two big races uh, in particular. That's why I want to talk to Billy because Billy talks to these drivers all the time. He talks to we thought about having a couple of the drivers on that are going to race in these things, but you know, I figured it'd be better to talk to Billy because he talks to all these drivers on a very regular basis. I mean, every single day he's talking to these dirt late model drivers about every aspect of of the whole deal. And uh, he has just a wealth of information. Besides, I want he, you know, they we, we were going to ask him about their show got canceled. Did you know that? Uh-uh. Yeah, trackside tonight. Oh, that's not good. That means nobody was listening. Uh, no. It's about racing. No, it's just another one of those stations that is owned by uh, somebody oh. who thinks that the only way to put radio together is to have a whole team of right wing wackos uh, broadcasting whatever. And, uh, oh, corporate pig. He was on a corporate pig. Yeah. Clear Channel or one of them? <laughs> yeah, one of them. Yeah, well, you know, what do you expect? Yeah. That's why you got to do it yourself. Hey, by the way, Rob. And if somebody's listening, they're listening. If not, you know, it doesn't matter. We can't get fired. Nobody can fire us. <laughs> not us. Hey, and, you know, by the, I'll tell you, um, that's a whole that's a whole other can of worms. You were in the radio deal. You've been around radio a long time, and you know, it's uh, it's really not all that cool these days. I mean, there's not a whole, oh, no. there's not anywhere no. near there's there's nowhere near the variety of entertainment on radio that there used to be. No, it all revolves around a lot of uh, a lot of behind the scenes things that people really don't see, and it. It's corporate greed is what it revolves around, and um, it's not even uh, just like the music channels, you know. Uh, the music channels is ridiculous what goes on there. It's totally crazy. How come How come a station doesn't play a different song from the beginning of the day to the end of the day? With all these songs that are out there, say you're in the country genre, there's enough country music out there not play the same song twice for 24 hours. Not just that. There, there is a ton of, of really, I mean, there's there's a lot of new music being created, like in, in all kinds of, in rock and roll, for instance. There's not a station around that plays new stuff. You know, I mean, it's... it's no, you have to have a pirate station to play new stuff, and then the corporate pigs get tired of that, and then uh, they made that illegal, so illegal that I never... Uh, sat behind a, a pirate radio deal again. I'm yeah, exactly. They made you walk the line, didn't they? But you know, um, I think that uh, I, I think that you're going to see a lot more of that. I mean, you know what we're um, adventuring into as folks that do listen to us and pay attention, and they continue to listen and pay attention. Um, they too, their eyes will be opened up, and you will see that. What we're doing is going to become more than just a racing show and a racing network, and uh, I think the communication of getting uh, some of the right information out to people all the time is going to make us do things besides just sit and talk about racing. Because I myself, I tell you, I love talking about racing. I think racing's great, and it's a great thing, just like we're going to continue to do. But man, we got so many other things we could be talking about. Talk about it all the time, but. Time for some action. 
It's time for uh, it is time for, for our network that we're working on that will always include inside Florida racing. Don't worry about that. The show's not going anywhere. Yeah, well, actually, we'll have to ask we'll have to ask Billy about that whole deal. I mean, him and Joe Linebarrier and uh, Randy Dye. Randy Dye's had that show on Trackside tonight for like twelve or thirteen years, at least twelve years, I believe. And uh, so, there, Randy's looking for a new uh, a new place to uh, to bring uh, Trackside tonight back on the air because he certainly wants to do it. But I tell you what, Rob, let's take a break and bring uh, Billy back and uh, Billy Osborne and see what's on his mind. All right, you're listening inside Florida Racing. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. I keep my eyes wide open all the time. I keep the ends out for the tie that binds. Because you're mine, I walk the line. I find it very, very easy to be true. I find myself alone when each day's through. Yes, I'll admit that I'm a fool for you. Because you're mine, I walk the line. As sure as night is dark and day is light, I keep you on my mind both day and night And happiness I've known proves that it's right Because you're mine, I walk the line All right, we're back here live on... uh Real Racing USA inside Florida Racing, and we brought somebody in to save the day. Hey, uh, Billy. Hey, walk the line. <laughs> Man, I walk can't the line. No saving you guys, dude. There ain't no saving y'all. I don't have enough rope on my damn <laughs> to save you guys. What you guys doing? What do you mean saving you? You guys don't nah, need me to save y'all. Y'all got it going on over there. Yeah, we, uh, well, we'd like to think so, Billy. We appreciate the fact that somebody actually thinks that. Hey, uh, so y'all been even if it is only time. you. Hey, Billy. Y'all, we were just speaking the whole time. Hey, Billy. Yes, sir. Did you guys figure out what you're doing? We were just talking about trackside tonight. You and Joe and and uh, Randy. Did y'all figure out what you're going to do yet, or is it still in the works? You know, Jack Smith, Rob, sitting around here tonight doing diecast, thinking to myself, this is the second Monday in a row that I haven't been. We haven't done the show. And I'm saying to myself, man, I miss these guys, you know, because it's a part of your family for five years. Me and Joe's been doing this show or whatever, how many long, four years, whatever, with Randy Dye. And Randy's been doing it for 13, four, whatever years he's been doing it. And now all of a sudden, you don't do it no more. It's a Monday night. I'm saying to myself, it feels like a Tuesday, you know, or, or maybe it's Sunday night. But 
I don't know. We've been talking to a station in Palm Coast about maybe going up there, but I hadn't heard more about that. And I, I think right now we could all use just a little bit of break. So maybe in the next month or so, maybe we can all get together and, and try to put it back together, you know? Right. Um, it was a great it was a great show, and you know, I think it, there was so much more potential that we could do with it. So who knows, Jack? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you are you guys looking for a co-host? Because I might apply. <laughs> no, I have a suggestion for you, though. I think that you guys should continue to do your show. Um, just as we continue to do a show, I could care less if a corporate pig wants to put it out or not. Um, we can do our show right here, and you know what? I don't care if nobody's listening, to be honest with you. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me, because we're going to do our show, and we're going to talk about what we want to talk about, and somebody's going to listen to it. So you guys should still be doing your show so we could hear it. Well, they they like you said, we we had a good little listener group. I mean, I, I mean, I still had guys listen to it on the internet from from like Jacksonville and, and stuff like right. that, you know, around that area. But I mean, and and you know, to be honest with you, when we got rained out three weeks in a row at Ocala, I was bowling a little terminal on Friday nights in Norman Beach, and the guy that runs the pro shop thought there was a very good close friend of mine. He called me on Tuesday. The last night we did the show, and goes, man, I didn't know you was doing radio. He said, I'm going home from work last night. I just had to put on AM, and I hear he goes, that's a pretty good show y'all got. And I called him up. I called him up on Thursday and said, you jinxed us, dude. The first time you listen, now they shut us down. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know that's that's the thing. You know, you got people that listen to it, and and I still think I, I really do think that it is something that that people will listen. But we we should we should do that. We should do it from. We should do it just like we do a Wednesday night show. We could do it the three of us because we all live within three miles. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you set up a studio in one of you guys' places, and, and you just have to continue to pump it out, and, and eventually, because then you just tell the corporate people that, you know, either you either buy into us or you don't. What kind of deals do you have? Were you paying for the time? We weren't paying for nothing. That was the whole situation. Yeah, well, we never paid. We never paid for anything there. We never paid for it. And I think you know. I think that maybe that maybe they feel realize later on that that's not that's not coming in. But I know Randy sponsored the station and. And you know, with with the, his Daytona Dodge, and and I know that you know we didn't we didn't really go out and get sponsors, but you know we didn't get paid either. So what was the difference? We right. we did it on our own. I mean, it actually cost me cost me about thirty bucks a week to go there. By the time you you get gas and you go out and eat, you know, it's it's about thirty dollars a week. Yeah, there's no doubt that these they they have it figured out how to do it because like in Tampa, the market that I live in, they do uh, the same thing. They've got some uh, fishing hunting shows and stuff like that, and if they're not buying the time. Um, then they're not getting paid either, you know. So it's, at least the guys that buy the time, they can sell their own commercials and stuff like that and try to make some money on it. But, you know, if you guys start putting it out yourself and do your show yourself and you just say, listen, we're going to go ahead and do it for two hours or however long you guys had, you know, to do it. And uh, right. that way when you can always continue to show it to somebody because your following is going to follow you. Um, Jack could sit and tell you how many people actually uh, download our show that we do during the week, or how many people listen live. And yeah, most it, most of this stuff, see, that's the thing about radio, is like, today, the listenership is completely different than it was 15 or 20 years ago as well, because, uh, you know, people carry around iPods and all kinds of other tools, and put CDs, burn their own CD disc, and put them in their cars, and, and, and most cars, most people listening to radio are listening to it in their car. Or at the, in an right. office or something. Exactly. Well, right. exactly. And and so the cool thing about the internet, and and this is not just true with racing shows. This is true with all internet broadcasting, whether it's video broadcasting or just on air 
uh, audio like what we do, radio, Internet, as you say, is most of the listenership is after the fact. People listen to it when they want to. That's the beauty of it, and that's what makes it work. Right. And, you know, hey, uh, Billy, once you guys do get that started, then any time that you do get, you know, on the air or anywhere where you can advertise your deal, you know, um, you can do it right then. You know, cause, like, well, for instance, my, my deal. Go ahead. That's the first thing that I told Joe, you know, when, when, we, when we all got the news. That's the first thing I said when they mentioned Palm Coast, some radio station in Palm Coast. I said, why don't we just do this through Real Race in USA? And, you know, but, of course, then, we, you know, you don't want to take away from you guys. You know what I mean? You can't, you really can't do that. We'd have to do it on a different night, you know, and come up with a night when it's not going on or maybe do it at a later time or something. But, you know, hey, Joe, you know what? Call. That's just how nice a guy I am. Don't call him Joe. He will get really pissed at you. Hold on a second. What did you call me, Rick? He called you Joe. I mean, uh, Billy, I'm sorry. Huh? I'm sorry, Billy. What did you call don't me, Rick? Don't call me, Rick. Don't call me, Rick. Just if you listen. I'm just kidding. Hey, hey, listen. I'll be, I'll be glad to give you this time slot if you guys wanted this time slot. We'll change our time. We'll change our time for you guys. We're going to get involved in all kinds of things. Uh, motor racing and auto racing is just going to be part of this network deal. We're fixing to start talking politics, man. That's what he's hitting at. <laughs> I'm fixing to have a show called Rob Says. That's the simplest it's going to be. Rob Says. And you know what all it's going to be? It's things that I want to say. And you know what? You're getting carried away now with talking politics and stuff. Hey, uh, Billy. Oh, no, we're just talking about why. Hey, Billy, hang on, Rob. Let, let's shift gears here for a minute. and Let's talk to Billy about what one of the things we wanted to talk to you about. We're going to get to the Powell Memorial and the, and the Scott Thompson Memorial a little bit later on, but we wanted to talk to you about, you know, I was reading, of course, this is a big sports week, like with the, you know, with hockey and, and obviously with basketball and, and other things going on in, in the sports world and NASCAR and people breaking uh, trophies in the winter circle and all kinds of crazy all stuff. That. But listen to this, man. I read three articles, and I don't go looking for major NASCAR racing news because it's not interesting to me at all. Um, right. But I read other sports news, and I but I did come across three articles on the same line by three different people on national websites, uh, you know, like ESPN type sites and uh, local newspapers, and they're all of these articles had the same theme, which were the fact that not only is NASCAR obviously been losing at the gate um it's harder and they're, they're they're losing ticket sales people are not coming out which is understandable in the economy and escalating gas prices and so forth and so on but they're losing it at the television level as well their audience share is falling what is your take on that well i mean i'll just be, be flat out honest with you here asphalt racing is boring to me um, no offense to any asphalt racer that's listening, and don't get me wrong, you can have a great asphalt race on a Saturday night. But I think the problem is, I think with like the car tomorrow, the car today, I think it's changing NASCAR a lot, and I think NASCAR racing is getting to the point where it's the same old thing over and over. And you know, and don't get me wrong, but I think now to, today people get tired of turning on the TV and seeing certain people winning. I mean, I take nothing from from the guys that are winning because it's not happening that way. But, you know, you talked about somebody bashing a trophy. That's a nice trophy that got bashed. 
Well, then, you know, this guy finishes second on Saturday. We'll just say his name, Kyle Bush. He finishes second on Saturday in, in the truck race. And then when he get, he says flat out, I'm going to I'm going to the to the bush race tonight to run second. Then after the bush race, I mean he's a he's a he's a total jerk to the reporters. You know maybe people are tired of seeing this deal. Maybe they're tired of seeing Kyle Busch. Win. I don't know that that's the scenario. I really don't know. I will tell you that being a NASCAR fan and this year is the first time that I went to Bristol and I go to one race a year. Usually go to the to the Coke 400. You know I go over there with my wife and we spend the whole day over there and go. But I went to Bristol this year. And Bristol was awesome. I mean, whether people go or whether they don't, whether they don't enjoy it, but you know, I don't care if I go back to Daytona because let's face it, you're sitting in Daytona, you're paying a hundred and sixty dollars for a seat, okay, in Daytona, and the ticket to go to Bristol is less than that. It's, it's like a hundred and a quarter. To me, you know, you see where I'm coming here, and then you go over there, and the day of the race, it costs you a hundred and sixty, but they go open the gate and let you in for twenty dollars a head. Hold on, they're not ringing your phone saying, "Mr. Osborne, let me give you a hundred and forty dollar refund because now we're selling tickets for twenty dollars a head." Yeah, and I just think I just think to the point, Jack, where people are fed up with you watch these races, you know. And let's step back, and I will tell you, I'm glad that David Rudman won the Coke Six Hundred. Okay, he's a, he's a local guy. He's from Florida. I'm glad he won. But let me ask you a question: If you sit there all day Saturday, you got the Bush race got shortened up for rain on Saturday night. Then you go there Sunday, and I understand it's Memorial Day weekend. I understand this whole deal. You go there on Sunday, you sit there all day long. Now, you watch this race. Everybody watches it. They watch the Indy 500. Everybody flips over and watches this deal. I sat there, and the later this race, the longer it went for this, for this thing to be in a rain delay, the, the announcers start talking NASCAR into canceling. And I'm thinking to myself, what the are you doing? Why are you, why are you saying, okay, now we sit here for two hours in a rain delay? NASCAR just needs to make a decision and cancel it. Every one of the announcers in the booth said the same thing. The later it went, the more they, listen, you're five minutes from home, buddy. You got someplace else to be. Now you come back on Monday. The race gets the race gets moved till Monday. Look in the grandstand. They didn't have nobody. Now you spent the whole week there from the Winston to the Coca Cola Six Hundred, and you can't even watch the Coca Cola Six Hundred. They got lights there. Turn the lights on. You could they could have raced that thing. We've been I've been at Daytona on on a July Fourth weekend at two o'clock in the morning. You gonna tell me they couldn't run Charlotte at two o'clock in the morning and let these people travel home on Memorial Day? Oh. So they lost their audience over that rainout. You're saying. You no, know, I'm saying, I mean, little things like this that seem to build up. I mean, little things that have come to this where things have built up, and, 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 I, and I just don't think that that done it. I think things building up to this deal. Well, I'll tell you, the first, the first thing you said when I asked you this, the first thing that you brought up was you did mention about the cars kind of looking the same, and it's interesting that uh, this one writer uh, referred to a Chris Economaki, uh, uh editorial uh, in uh, National Speed Sport News, written about 10, 10 years ago or so, and it was on this order that, uh, quote, midget racing faded because all of the cars looked alike and the winning cars and drivers had the same type of engines. And he also, he warned NASCAR, Chris Economaki did, warned NASCAR not to go to a common body or engine formula um, because... He saw that during the whole midget racing craze, which is way before your time, Billy, obviously, but oh, yeah. you know, back in the 30s, 40s, and so forth, I mean, midget racing was huge, and it just disappeared pretty much. Well, you know, Jack, like I said before, I mean, you look around, and if people can't afford to go, they're not going to go, and you know, and then I know NASCAR is trying to help everybody, and they're trying to say, well, we'll lower the ticket prices. But what good is it to to lower the ticket prices if you've already lost them? You know, and and it started going downhill, and just like you said, I mean, it started going downhill as you saw this car tomorrow. 
Do I think that that has something to do with? Like I said, I think it's a number of things. You don't lose them over one thing. Right. You lose them over one. You start losing them over one thing. You do something different to make them appreciate you. Okay, we had to we had to change the cars, people. We had to change it. But you know what we're going to do? We see the economy in a downslope. We're going to go ahead and down down the tickets now. Don't wait till everybody ain't got no money. They just started doing that this year. They should have lowered the tickets last year. They shouldn't have waited till this year. Get the Daytona 500 and you buy a seat for thirty dollars. Well, you're right because those 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 guys have the marketing people behind them and the information pool behind them to know well in advance of what's going on in the economy. And if they don't, then they're kind of derelict oh, in their job. Oh yeah. They, they know they know what's coming. They're not crazy, but that's what I'm saying. As long as the sponsors keep giving them money. Like Rick Hendricks said yesterday in Victory Lane or after when they talked to him about it. He's talking about GM and this and that. He knew it before. He knows what's coming with GM. You know, you know what's coming with the auto with the auto industry. He knew it. Okay, and just like he said, right now it's not really affecting this economy, not not really affecting this sport. But yes, it is. You could hear it in his voice that it was, but he didn't want to say anything that he wasn't supposed to say. You see them. You see where I'm coming yep. from. They know they, they lose sponsorships. They they losing them. You know, and and it's and it's not because they haven't fulfilled their obligation, but yes, they have. Okay, let me put it to you this way: What good is it to watch the LifeLock 400 if you look around and there's 30,000 empty seats? Okay, when soon as you turn it on, or if it's boring, they, LifeLock loses on that deal. You know, no matter what, you're going. Somebody's going to lose on this deal, whether it be NASCAR, whether it be LifeLock, or whether it's going to be me and you, Jack, the fan. Somebody loses. Can't everybody can't be happy about it? You know. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't really know. I, I don't really. If I could take a chance and fix their problem, I don't know that I could. It's you know, a bunch of things. It's not one thing, but you have to start with. You have to start with the number one thing, and I, and I think it's too late for them. You know, I think it's there's. You have to figure out. You know what the problem is. Ask the fan. Don't ask the driver what the problem is. Don't ask. Don't go to the drivers and say, "What can we do to make this sport better for you?" Hey, listen. They're gonna race them forty-three cars on Sunday, whether anybody's sitting in the grandstand or not. You know, and without the fan, they ain't got no sport. They can say what they want to say. Without a fan, you don't have a sport. All the race car and I tell them all the same thing. The race car drivers can sit in that car and say what they want to say. But you, you, you guys, you guys can't watch yourself race. Now, if y'all want to put in-car cameras in there, and I'll and I'll sit up there on top of the grandstand and I'll record the race, and y'all can put the TVs in there because y'all be the only ones watching it. Well, that ain't right. Yeah, and if things don't change soon, with you know the things or the way things are going, they won't be on TV. You're definitely not going to see any truck races or any nationwide races next year, unless Nationwide Insurance makes a bunch of money this year and can keep them on. Because uh, well, they, they only have 35 trucks right Saturday. Yeah, well, look at the fans. There was no, uh, fans there, and that's a small racetrack. Where were they at the week before? I don't know where they were the week before. The week before, I was watching on TV and realized that there were no fans there for the nationwide race, no fans there for the truck race, and uh, it's. I'm sure it's the same way. The, the NASCAR races are not sold out. You know, the sprint they can't. Races they can't. Are. They can't say that. They can't say the NASCAR races aren't taking a hit. I'm telling you, you can see empty seats. Oh no, it's it's that's an established fact. I mean, that's that's. Well documented out there, not just the not just the, the the fans in the grandstands at the NASCAR events, but the television ratings as well. How popular will NASCAR be when it's not on TV? You're exactly right. What about the people that just, that just What about the people that watch it at home that can't afford to go? Yeah, they, you know, they, they can't, can't afford, afford to go to the races then. 
Okay. Yeah, but local races pick up. So they sure would. So all that being said, we got two dirt races, and I know Billy. I know that uh, there's no doubt in my mind. If I know one thing about Billy Osborne, it is you uh, are convinced in your mind that the most exciting form of racing on 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 a racetrack is dirt late models, and. Um, you got two big events come up that coming up that you're going to be involved in. Tell us about those events, man. Well, this Friday night we're going to run the 14th annual Pile Memorial, which everybody knows got rained out two weeks ago. And I worked the phones, and I know Ken worked the phones, and everybody's been working the phones. I mean, the car count for 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 our series hasn't been as high this year, but if you look around the other series, they haven't been as high either. But when you put five thousand dollars on the line and the Pile Memorial, you know, in the same breath. You know, you should very well hit the the 50 car mark. That's what that's what we're pushing for. You know, um, I know like like this week we'll probably lose a couple guys that were coming the first go around, but we'll still gain a couple guys. I mean, Tyler Ivy was at the Dream racing. Uh, Keith Nozick was at the Dream watching. Johnny Collins' his wife had a baby, and uh, you know those three guys weren't coming at all. I talked to Brandon DeWitt. He wasn't going to be able to come because he was working. Now, you know, it puts things off. Same thing with Joe Cump. Joe Cump wasn't going to be able to come because he was working. Now everybody could pretty much could pretty much get everything back in line for this weekend. And, you know, to be honest, Jack, to the Pound Memorial, it, it really wouldn't matter. You're only going to start 24 or 25 cars anyway. But it, it's the prestige of the deal. It's the 5,000 and it's Pound. It's, it's something that the racers, they, they want to go because, you know, they want to win this Pound Memorial. It's the most prestigious race in the state of Florida. And, and some guys just want to make the field. Yeah. Besides the Snowball Derby, I think this deal... It's one of the, the best yeah. races, you know, that the state has to offer. Um, but then you turn back around. Now, it could hurt us a little bit, too, that we turn back around the following week and you have the Thompson Memorial, which means a little bit more to some people. You know, some of the guys from Volusia, that means a little more to because Scott Thompson was their champion, when he, you know, when he, when he lost his life in the car wreck, you know, over in Plant City or Lakeland. But it's last year's 63 cars of that deal. You know, so I think if, you, if we get through this Friday, which I think we can because if you know me, what the first thing I'm going to tell them is be patient with each other. Let's look at the picture here, not only for tonight for five grand, but next week 3800. Let's don't tear them up. You ain't got to tear them up tonight. You know, I want to have a great race and you can race side by side, but you ain't got to wreck each other. You know, and and I think I think the next two weeks for dirt racing is huge. And if you can't make it Ocala Friday, you better not miss the Thompson on you know the following Saturday at Volusia. Because if you do, that's your own stupidity. So I'm not saying any, I'm not saying any of the spectators are stupid. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying for the money to get in both of these shows, which I believe is fifteen dollars or so ahead to get in to see this. I mean, how do you not go? Hey, Billy, you've been a you're not just. I mean, you obviously you've seen you watch dirt late model racing as a fan. You've seen it from the flag stand for thousands of laps, and you've seen it as the race director helping keep things straight on the track. Explain to people that have never been to see a dirt late model race why you think it's the most exciting form of, of, of stock car racing out there. To know that you got 24 guys sitting in these cockpits, that they're in there battling it wheel to wheel and on the verge of out of control every time. Um when I was a kid, I used to love to watch Harvey Jones race and Rance Phillips and Dickie Ferry. And I think the reason why I liked it the most was because like, you could see them inside the car and they would work the wheel and the car sideways. 
but I think the action amongst them, I think to, to watch them run door handle, door handle, and never touch, or you're going to have a little bit of rubbing, and they're going to touch tires. And You know, I think the, the, the thing that I like the most about the dirt racing with the dirt late models is the competition, the, you know, the drivers that you have. Um, I will tell you a little secret. Um, one time I had a driver tell me anybody can ride around in a circle, Okay. But you put a little character in the racetrack, and it makes a race car driver. By character, I mean there might be a little rough spot here. You don't get that on asphalt racing. You might, it might develop a little hole. I'm not talking about a big hole to bury a race car in. It might, you might go down and turn one, there's a little bit of rut. The Bronson bump. Yeah, stuff like that. But, you know, I, I don't really know. To be honest you know, to, to be honest with you, I just think that, the, to me, after all these years of doing the dirt racing, it's, it's the part of getting the dirt on your face, which we don't get on our face because we're in the tower, but... I guess the the sport to see them guys can run side by side, and you don't see as much you don't see as much people upset because this guy got into me and turned me around. But you know, dirt racing to see them side by side and sideways for twenty five of the thirty five or twenty five of the of the fifty laps or, or more than that, I think that's one of the reasons why I think dirt racing dirt, dirt racing dirt late model racing is the best in the country. Now, don't get me wrong; you you can watch some some four ten sprint cars and watch like. This year during speed, we could watch Donnie Donnie Shot start twenty fourth and win the race. Yeah, I ain't seen an asphalt guy start twenty fourth and win the race yet. Yeah, that's special. You know, but I mean, especially in a thirty lap show, there's <laughs> you know there's something going on there. But so now you've you know been. I mean? Let me ask you. Let's talk about some of the drivers. You you talk to these guys all the time. And one thing uh, we we talked about just mentioned uh, last time we were on two weeks ago, uh, Johnny Collins. Um, uh, his wife was having a a child, and there were some some problems. That all worked out okay. Everything. I talked to Johnny. Um, actually, Johnny, the night the pal got rained out, Johnny had called me, but uh, I didn't get the call. But yeah, everything was fine. The, the baby, they was going to keep the baby a couple extra weeks, which is the same thing that Daryl Padgett went through earlier this year. So it's a it's something that's you know the, she was early with the baby, but when I talked to Johnny, the baby was fine and the wife was fine. And and I don't know. I would assume that, yeah he went to he went up and raced this weekend. And the Douglas 5,000 win, so he's back to racing. But I tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't wait to see Johnny Collins' new car. I, I want to see this thing. It's black. It's just not red anymore. It's a black car. Got a lot more flames and got skulls and stuff in it. So I'm kind of looking forward to see that on Friday. But, you know, it's not a blessing in the skies that the pal got rained out two weeks ago. But you know what? What good is it to have the pal if the, the winner from last year couldn't be there? Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. If it hadn't rained, we'd have raced without him. That's just racing. But, you know, I think it makes it more interesting when the guy, you know, this guy could be the only guy to win the Powell Memorial on dirt back-to-back. I mean, it's, this is, you know, it could happen. Friday so, night there. So, so what, what do you think? We, you got uh, Ivan and Lloyd. You got Jason Fitzgerald, Mark Whitener, Johnny Collins. That's just a whole mess. Of... Let's just start from the top. I'll go down real fast. So what's happening with these guys? Night, 5,000 to win. Jason Fitzgerald has four. Four wins in the other series, and he told me, this is what he told me out of his own mouth, and I quote, I want to win a UDLMCS race, and I want to win one. That's United I Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. I want to put the, see, when I, if I said it as fast as you did, I'd stutter. But he said, I want to put one of them big trophies, and I want to put one of them checks hanging in my shop. Okay, Mark Whitener. Mark Whitener is leading the race this weekend at Douglas. The rocker arm or something broke on the motor with uh, six or seven laps to go. Had the whole led 41 laps or 42 laps. Just was on the phone with him 20 minutes ago. But you know, and so he's hot. He's won four races with us. He's, I mean, he's hot. 
So anybody could win this. So Ivan and Lloyd, like I said, he picked up the win this weekend. He'll be there. Um, well, we won't we won't see Doughboy Williams. He won't be driving the Thompson car. They're going to try to save that for the Thompson Memorial. I think Doughboy has a good shot. Rich Pratt. Rich Pratt wants to win this race so bad. So bad he wants to win. He, he's the only guy I know that's finished second more times than probably than they've had Powell Memorial. Man, you know, it's the 14th one. But talking to him, he called me on Sunday. He's wanting to win this thing bad. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a tough call. you got some tough competition. I mean, J.O. Nobles has won a race there at Ocala this year, so he could be tough. Richard Ferry's been tough. He's been tough at Volusia. He, know, he's ran, he ran second to Whitener a few weeks ago. He's coming to bring his car. He's got a brand-new car with a brand-new motor. So, man, I don't know. If you ask me to I – mean, I know you're not asking me to pick somebody to win the PAL, but I tell you what, if I had to pick one, I'll let you know uh, Friday night about 11. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. <laughs> Is Kevin Durden going to win a race this year? I think Kevin Durden wins a race, and I think the race that Kevin Durden wins, he may even win two, even though Waycross is a little tough, and that's Dusty Cone's good track. Kevin Durden is a great asphalt racer who is also a great dirt racer. If I had to pick Kevin Durden to win a race, I'd pick him to, pick, pick him to win the Charlotte County race, even though you can't count him out Friday night at the Powell because he has a great shot, too, there. He gets around that place really good, and he was there this past Friday running this hobby stock car, which I'm not crazy because I know what he was doing. He was testing. For this Friday with the late model, I know that's what he was doing. But Jeff Matthews, now let's let's talk about Matthews, who's won everything that he's been in. At, at man on a mission, man. I talked to him this afternoon. He said, "I'll see you Friday." And let me tell you something. Two weeks ago at East Bay, he fell back to fifth, started outside the front row, fell back to fifth, and came back and won the race. Man, this guy is determined this year. It would not be a surprise for him to win at Ocala. I think the thing is, Jack. I think there'll be a surprise winner. I think, and like I said, I think Ivan and Lloyd wants to win it real bad as well. I think, like, you know, you go back to Jeff Matthews, he's on a roll. He passed Phil Cobb two weeks ago. Phil Cobb was running the best I've seen him run in a long time. And I talked to Phil on Saturday at Volusia when they got rained out. He told me, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. And, and, and he said, I think we got something figured out. So if he gets fast at Ocala, I mean, you don't know here. I mean, you got crate motors coming. You got big motors coming. You got little motors coming. Uh, I don't know. You know, and, and I'll be honest with you, I really think if Bloomer showed up with a steelhead motor or a 362 motor, I probably wouldn't pick him to win. I'd still pick one of the local guys. This is how tough the competition is going to be Friday night at Ocala Speedway. What do you think about all that, Rob? Man, I think that uh, it'd be tough to pick a winner, that's for sure. <laughs> some of those guys that have raced on the asphalt, some of those guys that raced on the asphalt at Ocala and did well there and won races, they want to win races there, especially the Powell Memorial, because uh, like Rich Pratt, he's an example. I know he raced a lot when when I was racing asphalt, and raced every one of those Powell Memorials. You know that they ran on the asphalt. He may have even won one. I don't know if he won one or not. But, Who's uh, that? Rich Pratt. Who are you talking about? Rich Pratt's never won the Powell. He told me flat out he no, never he won the Powell. He's, he's racing second. So. Yeah, he's finished second like four or five times, he told me. Yeah, he's come very, very yeah. close on, on the asphalt winning that deal. That... He was second last year, I believe. Second, I believe he was second to Johnny Collins last year, second or third to Johnny. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. you got Fitzgerald, who's hot. you got Whitener, who's hot. Johnny Collins, last year's winner. And I really think, to be honest with you, that Johnny hasn't really showed us what he really has this year. He's had a lot of things on his mind. He said, right. you know, he's got a new baby now. Maybe it's You know, it's time to pick up and go. Remember, he... He started out on fire last year. He had a great year. But remember, he, he won the PAL, and then he won the Thompson the month later, or later that month. I picked Johnny Collins. Hey, is that his first child? This Friday. Is that so his he first child? He has, he has a little boy named Chase. Oh, okay. He has, he, has, he has a son named Chase. 
and they have now they have another little boy. All right, Billy. So listen, man. Let, tell Rob. Rob, don't don't follow you what you guys do on uh, Wednesday night on Dirt World. Just to give him an an idea, and other people listen to the show. Tell us about last week's show. How cool that was. Last week was a great show. We had Jimmy Owens who won the dream. Uh, Jimmy's, a, Jimmy's a close friend of mine and Joe Dirt. And then we had Tim McCready who's going to come back Thursday night. Now I'm going to try to call Tim tonight because I heard Saturday he got hurt again or Friday night he hurt his back a little bit doing something. So I'm going to try to call him and see how he's doing. But Tim McCready's going to come back. That's two huge, huge talents. I mean, we've had all the big names on that show, and, and we just continue to get them. i got to figure out who we're going to get this week. I've been getting lazy since I lost my job. I get lazy and don't send the emails out. So I need to get back on that because, you know, it is a good opportunity for people. And I, listen, this is, a, this is a free commercial. If you want to see the best dirt late model race that you'll ever see, you need to either be at the PAL Friday night or you need to be at Volusia on the 27th. And that's a free commercial for them two places, and I only work for one of them. You know, she's going to let, and I, and I, let's put this out there, Jack. This weekend at Volusia, the day after the PAL, 20th, they are going to allow the 21s and 55 tires to run at Volusia so the guys that run in the PAL on Friday can go over there Saturday and test and tune for the following week. All right. That's a pretty good thing, man. I think that'll be good, and I think that'll keep the car count up for, for that place, too. So, hell, if you can't make it to the PAL on Friday, you just want to see some dirt racing, go there on Saturday. Either way, it's all good. Hey, hey Rob. We didn't tell uh, we didn't tell Billy that was that this was his uh, job interview. How do you think he did? Oh, he did really good, Billy. He did great. <laughs> You're a real professional. You carry yourself really well, sir. I do the best I can. I want to be the next Humpy. I want to be Humpy Wheeler of Florida. That's what I want to be. You got lots of money. <laughs> no, nah, nah, but he did, he started broke. He told me that face to face. Yeah, but I started hey, broke. Kid. Hey, he started at a different time, Mister. <laughs> you know, everybody broke that, now. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, man, everybody's broke. Hey, Billy. Oh, thanks a lot, man, for spending some time with us, man. It was really, uh, it was not only informing, but it was entertaining, man, as usual. Man, anytime you guys need me, it's not a problem. Uh, but I, I do have to, I, if, if I can, I want to plug, put a plug in for my sponsor. Is that okay? Yeah, I think you can, I think you can do that. It's okay, okay if I put a plug in for my sponsor. I think so. Billy plug the Kids up. Diecast. Billy the Kids Diecast. Check it out. Carnax, United Dirt Late Mall Challenge Series.com. Check them out. Dirtworld.com. I got all the 2009 diecasts on there. I'm doing diecasts right now. I'll have diecasts on Friday for the PAL. Everything's coming in this week, but. Check them out. 2009 Backass, Whitener. Johnny Collins' new black car. I'll have that by Friday. The new Rich Pratt with a long nose. Um, Jack, help me here. I, I'm so far behind. I mean, I, you just got to go go check them out and look at the pictures of these cars because they are absolutely cool. There's no doubt about I'm it. Doing, I'm even doing asphalt cars now. Really? I didn't say I was going to the race. I'm going to ship them to the guys because I'm not going to hand deliver them. But I'm doing asphalt cars for guys now. But, you know, thank you guys for having me on. And uh, once again, if you're not a dirt fan, there's not there's only one asphalt track I know in the state that runs on Friday. You can always catch that back up the following Friday. Come to come to the Powell Memorial. It's not all about the dirt racing. It's about what the what it's for for the Powell family. And it's about, you know, James Powell. He, he's not only a dirt racer, he was an asphalt racer. He still is. Uh, he's not going to race. I think he's going to wave the flag and be the Grand Marshal, whatever we're going to use him for, whatever he wants to do, whatever James Powell wants to do, it's his night at the racetrack. It's the Powell family's night, and, and that's what it's about, guys. It's not it's not always about 
seeing a seeing a dirt late mall in Victory Lane. It's about seeing a smile on James Powell's face. That's what it's about. It's Absolutely. About and uh, come out and support him, whether you're an asphalt fan or whether you're a dirt fan. Just come out and say hey to James, and then you you can watch whatever you want to watch. Hell, if you come to me and tell me you're an asphalt fan, I might send I might let the tow trucks race through the X. That's asphalt in the middle. I let them race through that X one time just just so you get your thrill. See you, Billy. Hey, Billy, listen. On your asphalt, on your asphalt diecast cars, do they actually have window roll-ups for the windows? <laughs> hey, what kind of car is it? Well, I know how much you hate those asphalt cars. I know you got to put something silly on them. Hey, i tell you what I'll do. It might roll up when I send it to you or when you order it, but when I send it to you, I'm going to bust it out. <laughs> i tell you what, guys. Go out and... Uh, Go finish your show and have a good night. And, uh, thanks for enjoying me, or thanks for letting me enjoy myself and talk to you guys for how much over time I wasted of your time. <laughs> I probably didn't answer all your questions right, but I did the best I could. And for all you people listening, go get some dirt on your face this weekend. That's right. Get some dirt on your face. See you Friday, Billy. I'll talk to you Wednesday. Rob, have a good night, bud. All right. Take it easy, Billy. Hey, Rob. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is Inside Florida Racing.
break my blue jeans Lord, how happy could one man be Welcome back to uh, Inside Florida Racing, June 15th. Rob, you know, I had to had to go to a little ZZ Top and Blue Jean Blues just to slow things down after, uh, man, Billy, Billy's on fire, ain't he? Man, I tell you, you missed your calling, Jack. He was making a great producer for a show, um, picking all the music. You know, you've really come along with that. I kind of dig it. That's cool. Well, listen. Um, Speaking of digging it. Yeah. Take it, man. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, time for a carding segment. And, um, you know, I like to have uh, racers on here that have, uh, not only if they're racing carts now or, or not, but that have uh, gone on to do other things and done well and ultimately even still stay with carding. And uh, somebody that we've got on the phone with us tonight is Barry Bartlett the third. How you doing, Barry? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? Uh, we're doing great. Um just sitting back on a Monday night, my birthday. Figure if I was going to talk to anybody, it'd be you. Happy birthday! <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, you know, I talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. You know, uh, but it's really nice to see the uh, father-son deal between uh, you and your dad. You know, I, I raced cars when you were a kid. I was started racing there at Sunshine when you were a kid, and uh, your dad was racing there and great to see that you've come along and and raced uh tell the folks a little bit about how your racing career has gone and uh, when you started and all that well um i started when i was eight, 10 at a tri-city car club out at sunshine speedway and um i left there after a bad accident on the oval and went to racing dirt raced at east bay and dirt devils and um went over to F- or wka nationals and state series and then we sold the go-karts and got into the trucks Ran all over the state of Florida with a fast car and fast truck series. Um, had a great year last year, uh, rookie of the year, and then second place in points. Now this year, I'm driving a super late model down in Charlotte County for Dave and Darla Schwindemann. So it's been a great time. Well, that was a pretty quick synopsis of uh, what's gone on with you. And uh, in between that time, how many years has it been from the, from now till then, from the beginning till now? It's been, uh, let's see, 18, or 8. I'm 18 now. Eight, eight years in that span, and uh, you're racing Swindemann's uh, Super Late Model. Now, there's somebody else that raced at Sunshine years ago, and um, 
you know, it's funny how all those folks at Sunshine, they're, they're, they're still racing somewhere, somehow, with their car, even if they're not racing it, somebody else is. Uh, how is your uh, late model deal coming? It's coming along good. Um, I've only raced it four times, and we finish on lead lap every time and progress, progressively getting better. I'm still learning how to drive these. Uh, super late models are a lot different than what I'm used to. Yeah, they got some power when you put your foot in it, man. It's uh, And it gets tough there. You can sure spin the tires a lot there at uh, Charlotte when you got all that power. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, uh, uh, from your karting days, what kind of cars did you race when you were racing karts? Uh, well, when I was racing competitively, we ran the Prowlers. The uh, J- Jason Ed Kimball built them. Sure. And, uh, they're great. They're great go karts. Did you run champ carts or did you run just regular carts then? Well, when I started, I ran the regular flat carts, which were the ones with the roll bars, and then I ran the champ carts most of the time. Now, you know, these the Soto Champ Cart series that they've got running uh, is is really awesome to see those guys, how they've come around and been able to uh, fit right in the uh, Saturday night uh, racing realm. Um, have you raced with those guys at all? Yeah, um, actually, my first race back in the go-kart was with the Soto Champ Cart series. I drove one of Andy Wall's go-karts. It was like, it's been like five years since I've been on asphalt. And um, that's a great series. I mean, you're that's probably one of the top series racing athletic go karts. You're racing against guys like Dustin Chisholm, Darren Coker, the Fitzgeralds, and Lacera, Andy Lacera, who just got out. Um, Chad Dawkins. Real tough series. Chad Dawkins. I've only raced against him once. Um, at, over at Citrus. So it must be fun to be able to race all the different cars, you know, and even. We get back now into a go-kart. Uh, what's that been like? It's been fun. I mean, we're struggling since we've been out of it so long, but it's just it's hard to run the late model and the go-kart with the money situation we're in now, um, especially with the competition. Like, a lot of these drivers are very experienced, and there's not a slow one out there. Yeah, it's like uh, I've talked about it before on the show. You know, it doesn't matter what you used to do. When you get back into the real realm of it today, it's totally different, you know. And uh, I, I was out of uh, Super Late Model Racing for, you know, about five years and stepped back and then stepped back in. And let me tell you, the difference between the cars in that amount of time was was, uh, was so tremendous, you know. And it took a lot of time just to get the car to where it was competitive. And, you know, that, that gets to be a tough thing, you know. Now the shows aren't as big as they used to be, so... Um, but still, to be competitive and to be able to win one of these late model races today, I don't care if it's a super late model race, I don't care if it's a limited, crate motor, doesn't matter. Whatever you're running, you're going to spend big money before you're done racing. Whatever money you win, ain't going to pay for it. <laughs> That's the sad true. thing about it. So they're providing this car for you to race? You don't have to put any funding into it? Well, what they're doing, they know last year I had to sell my truck. And um, so he came up to me in the middle last year while I was still racing in the truck, and he said he had this car and he wanted me to drive it. So I said, sure, don't have to ask me twice. And uh, he gave us the car. We keep it down at our shop, but we do put money into it because Dave and Darla, they don't have a lot of money to put into it, but they have extra parts that we can put on it if anything breaks. But as far as tires and fuel go, we pretty much pay for the tires and fuel every time. 
Well, that sounds like a pretty good deal. At least you'll be able to get out there and uh, race it, you know, without having to realize the initial expense of buying it. And if you don't tear it up, it looks like you get to race it for a while, you know. And uh, it's nice to see that you've run the four races and finished on the lead lap. And that's what it's all about, you know. If you learn how to drive it and don't let the car drive you, you know, and don't make dumb mistakes when you're learning how to drive, then, you know, you'll have one and race it longer. It seems like, you know, the first year that I ran at Sunshine, I ran the whole season in the late mile. Didn't didn't ever tear my car up that I had. You know, I, I ran a full season. That's a lot of races. The first time I go out and run a Florida Pro Series race then with a new car that I bought from Buggy Pletcher, I take that car up there, I tear the whole right side of it off in practice. <laughs> you know? And uh, it's funny, it's when you think you learn how to race and you go out and you think you're on top of it, that's when they usually jump out and bite you. But, you know, it's nice to see you run these four races and finish on a lead lap. We'll talk about that a little bit. If you had to be a little bit cautious, you know, when you're racing. Um, at Charlotte County, the drivers that race there are top-caliber drivers. I mean, you're, we're, I'm racing against Scott Rosenbacher, Joe Winchell, Joe Boyd, um, other drivers as well that are pretty well off. And uh, it's been all, it's been pretty good. I mean, there's there are going to be some cautions. There's a short flat track, and um, the longer the hardest part is is just getting used to getting in rhythm with those late models because they're a lot different. Steering's a lot different than the truck. And um, just being patient, my dad, my father told me that a long time ago when I started racing, and he still hasn't stopped telling me, just be patient, be there at the end, and you'll pull off a good finish. So that's how we've been finishing all these races, just being patient, being there at the end. Yeah, you know, I, I watched you race quite a bit up there at uh, Charlotte. That's where I was running my late models a couple of years, you know, during uh, the last couple of years, and watching you guys up there run and watching you race during the races, and seeing you get beat up with that truck a little bit and then come back, you know, and win races. And, you know, it's always cool when you get to sit and talk to somebody. For me, you know, I interview some of you guys that you don't really realize that there's people that watch you out there. And uh, you're one of the guys that I watch because of your father, obviously, because I knew him. And it's great to see you do well in the car. And I, I hope that you have uh, success in your career. I appreciate it. You want to plug any sponsors? Uh, definitely. I have to thank my mom and dad. Um, definitely my mom, because I've been through some crashes, and thankfully, thankfully she lets me keep keep racing. Um, I like to thank Dave and Dollar Schwinnemann for the late model. Um, just everybody that's put a hand on this on these on this race car. Andy Lacera, his whole family. I help him out with the trucks, and he comes down helps me out the late model. Just everybody that's wrenched on this race car and help it go fast. That's good. Are you still in school? Yes, actually, I just graduated from high school this past uh, May, and I'm starting college in August. How old like is Mike what, Portman? What? Your foreman? I said I'd like to thank Mike Portman. Oh, Mike Portman. We all we all thank Mike he Portman. every week. He's a great guy. Yeah. He is. He's a great guy. Where, where are you going to college, Barry? Barry, where are you going to college? Well, I'm going for an AA down here at St. Pete College for two years, and I'm going to be transferring to uh, Florida State University. Hmm. Okay. Uh, a Seminole. I'll be going f- yeah, I'm a Seminole fan. <laughs> what do you want to do? I'm going That's for right. a um, 
I'm going for a business management degree, and yes. hopefully one day start my own uh, contracting company, be a general contractor. Yeah, I hope things turn around a little bit to make uh, contracting uh, something somebody can make money in. Because you're talking to a licensed general contractor right now. <laughs> my grandfather's been in. My grandfather's been in contracting for a long time. He said it's the worst it's ever been. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's so bad that I've turned to the cattle business instead of using my license for work right now. That's how bad it is. And I definitely had to move out of Port Charlotte. There wasn't any work there. Where do you live? Over in St. Pete? Yes, sir. I live in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. All right. Well, Barry, uh, you got a website? Yes, I do. It's uh, barrybarlow.net. There you go. BarryBartlett.net. Folks, check it out. When when are you racing next down in Charlotte, man? June 27th, last Saturday of every month. Okay. All right. So uh, in a week, maybe you'll, uh, hey, go down there and show them guys how to do it, man. You can do it. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the info. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is a nice-looking website that you got here. You need to update it a little bit. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been working with Mike Portman on it because he's helped me out a lot with it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, there, there's the car, the 23. That's the same number they used to run. Sunshine. They used to have a red car, though. Seems like it was red. Yeah, Barry, you have to understand, man, that when you come on Inside Florida Racing, your chances of winning a race go up at least... Four to five times, you're, like your, you know, whatever your chances of winning are, they increase dramatically every time you I come. I'm on the show every week. <laughs> it doesn't work for me though. Being the host of the show, it doesn't work for me. I can have, I could do a show tonight and go race this weekend. I'm not going to win. <laughs> it works for everybody but Rob Barry. Yeah. But uh, hey, Barry, good luck, son, and. Uh, Tell your dad the bonehead said hello, and tell Swindeman bonehead said hello too. They know who I am. Unfortunately. All right, I appreciate you having me on here. All right, take it easy. Well, all right, there you go. Uh, hey, Jack, I wanted to say that uh, unfortunate news that a NASCAR driver was killed in Mexico. You know, NASCAR has a Mexican series. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, they do, and uh, it was one of their really good drivers over there. He was actually leading a race. On the last lap, Carlos Pardo, his name, he was leading the race in the last lap, lost control of his car, and he was hit by another car. He sent his car into the barrier, and, man, the, the car is just unbelievably smashed up. What are they running? What kind of cars? Like bush cars? Yeah, road racing. Yeah, road racing. Uh, they're like the nationwide cars. I'm sure they're the old, old NASCAR. Yeah. Cars, uh, also. Oh, man. And, you know, Johnny Benson, he crashed and had a fiery crash. They had to pull him out unconscious out of the fiery mess. Um, and uh, he's been let go of his contract, I huh. guess, in the truck series. He just lost his ride last Monday and then gets in this wreck, and he's in serious but stable condition. And uh, last thing before we go to a break. Um, we got some news, man. A new race, hey Rob, a new racetrack opened in Callahan, Florida this week. It's a one-fifth mile dirt oval uh, located at the Northeast Florida Fairgrounds Rodeo Arena. Has covered grandstands for the spectators. Imagine that. 
And uh, www.callahanspeedway.com. What town is it in? The town of Callahan? Callahan, Florida, man. How do you spell Callahan? C-A-L-L? Yep, C-A-L-L-A-H-A-N. A one-fifth mile dirt oval in uh, at the fairgrounds uh, rodeo arena there, and it has covered grandstands. What a novel idea. You know, that's one of the things I like. Uh, once or twice a week, I'm able to sneak away during the week to go over to uh, watch the Stone Crabs play in uh, the minor league baseball team of the Rays, of the, the Tampa Rays. And uh, that's one of the coolest things, man, is that the covered grandstands, more importantly than keeping rain off you, it keeps the sun off of uh, off you, which is kind of cool. The Florida uh, Champ Cart League sanctioned its fourth race of 2009 uh, this past Saturday night at uh, Dirt Devil Speedway. Uh, Dustin Chisholm won the uh, the biggest class, which had 17 uh, cars in the senior flatbed class. Uh, finishing second was two-time defending TBARA Sprint Car Champion Troy DeCare, followed by uh, Raymond Falwell in third. Imagine that. FloridaChampCartLeague.com. Yes, in our karting segment, sponsored by Chick-fil-A, remember, dress like a cow on July 10th and eat free. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> next week. I'm serious. Hey, I'm next week. Jack, are huh? you hearing me? I hear you. Dress like a cow. Dress like a cow. Walk into a Chick-fil-A July 10th. And receive a free combo meal on that day. Really? Tell them you heard it right here at Inside Florida Racing. Um, but it is true. That's cool. Now, whether or not they're an official sponsor of ours or not, I don't know. But that is true, what I just said. Yeah. You heard it here, right here at Inside Florida Racing. All right, let's take a break. Let's wait, 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 wait. Be- before we leave this carding segment, I want to make this point, Rob. Next week... We are doing one hour of karting. We're going to have three or four guests at least and a whole bunch of karting news. Special show. All The whole show is going to be nothing but karting. How about that? Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. We'll probably have a better audience. Maybe. <laughs> following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. Carnite.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnite.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnite.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnite gets it done. Trouble mind. I left my body 
Welcome back to Inside Florida Racing. How are we doing there, Rob? Oh, I'm doing just great. Uh, matter of fact, I'm doing so good, I couldn't be better. Who hey, we got on the line with? Hey, hey, hey uh, let's welcome. Let's, a little bit better. Let's welcome Joe Lewandowski. And uh, Joe, your first duty on the show tonight is to tell Rob Bonehead Elting happy birthday. Well, happy birthday, buddy. I want you to sing to me. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, you know what? In your world. Hey, hey Joe, I had the pleasure of uh, of watching the, the Cubs play the Stone Crabs this past week. But, oh, you did? Yeah, but what, last week, actually, that was last week. But what I wanted to tell you is I saw the uh, Dunedin Blue Jays this past week, and I have to say, what a, what a strange team. They're leading the Florida State League in runs scored. And they're also leading the Florida State League in run, runs allowed, and they have the ugliest uniforms you ever seen. No kidding. But uh, that's not why we have Minor you on. Huh? Minor League Baseball for you. Yeah, there you go. So uh, what's happening in the world of fast car, man? I'll tell you what. We had a Minor League Baseball promotion this past Saturday night at New Smyrna Speedway. We had a, we had a four-hour rain delay. We got the races in. We did a mattress race, and it was, it was the, you know, I never saw a mattress race. I was, you know, I heard of it. You know, I heard Robert Hart's been doing this mattress race, and I said, well, what do you think this is going to be? Let me tell you what. It was, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in racing. You know, it was kind of cool. We, we had three cars do it. Each, each, each car got three mattresses to, uh, he had to bolt on his car. What I mean by bolt on, tie it on. And, they, and they, you got to credit these drivers. They're very, they improvise, and they had, you know, uh, uh, Belts with the you know with the with the locker thing with the steel locker where you took it in yeah almost like a chain binder and the deal was it was a twenty lap race they had to pit for the mattresses under green so, and and the winner of the race was the person who could have three mattresses on his car and and, and finish the twenty laps first that was the winner of the race you know we had one guy start out he had two mattresses on a car he's like two laps to lead up on everybody and his mattress flew off so now he's got to come in and get two more mattresses. It was really cool with three cars, three mattresses cars. were flying around. And it was just different. You know, it, it's entertainment business, you know. You know, with the one without pure racing, but it was really cool. Yeah, that must be a challenge because you got to go down those long straightaways, man, at New Smyrna. Uh, you got to go fast, which is going to make had, the match. We had one team that actually folded it over. They wanted, they wanted to try to get it compact and tight on the roof. We had the other team. They just flapped it all over because they were, they were, I think they were like, you know, king size and king size matches. So they weren't no little mattresses. And that was, like you said, aerodynamics played a little part in that because you're going down a straightaway and here's your mattress, you know, 
it, you know, like an L shape on the top of your roof. So you had to put it, was the rules were that you had to put it on the roof? You couldn't put it one on the hood, one on the trunk, one on the roof? We said you had to bolt it on the roof. I got you. Yeah, yeah. That way, that way it was uniform. Everybody had to put it on the roof. <laughs> so, yeah, it really went well. And I'll tell you what, our super late model race at Orlando Speedwell Friday night was a heck of a race. They had 18 cars, uh, and by the... And, you know, to me, the luck or the misluck, we had a nine invert, and Timmy Russell was fast time, and he had to start ninth, and, you know, it was a tough deal. You know, we had a lot of racing out there, and, um, you know, we had a lot of leaders to either get crashed out or spin out. You know, Wayne Anderson, you know, led the race most of the whole race, and he was on, you know, tires from Speed Week, old tires, and he, you know, led for 40 laps on a 40-lap restart, you know, spun out coming out of, uh, turn two and you know like i was talking to him today he just says you know i ran out of tires and i ran out of talent and he said i just couldn't hold the car down anymore but it was a great race and david rogers started i think 13th out of 18 cars and won the race it was a great race hey rob what do you think of that why was anderson why was anderson running on old tires why was he running out of talent oh he's getting older <laughs> now, why was he running on old tires i've never heard of such a thing they buy they buy like Twelve tires every time they go to the race. Well, they just like you said, he just he didn't want to spend some money, and he said, "Okay, I'm going to go for it." And he ran old tires, and, he, and like you said, he either that was going to be either he had a great line. He said, "Either I was going to be the hero, or I was going to be the goat." And he said, "I turn into the goat, you know, hero or zero." And he was just said, "I was a zero." You know, he tried to save some money. He tried to save some money and win some money, and like you said, he came close. I mean. If he would have won, the, if he would have won it, it would have been a great night for him because you know he would have won twelve hundred bucks and then buy any tires. So it, it, you know it was, a, it was a gamble, calculated gamble, and he didn't, he didn't win. But you know that's you a bonehead gamble. And, and you had all the time. I think I, I actually go to the races and race on old tires, so it's good that Wayne got to see what it's like to be low rent. Like jo- Joe, did you have like what eight? There, there was like we're going to talk to to Rick Bristol here in a little bit, but uh, you can fill us in. Did they have like? Uh, 17, 18 cars, something like that. Is that what it was? 18, we started? We started 18 cars in the race. That's cool. We had sweet. It was a great. It was a great field of late models. That's cool. It was really good. You know, that was kind of encouraging because we got the big, the big. You know, our second biggest race of the year coming up on Thursday night, July second, the Flat Heart Memorial. So hopefully, all these guys will come over to New Smyrna and run the race, run a 25 lapper. Uh, uh, it's going to be pretty cool on, on Thursday night, especially you know Thursday night. You know, the next day everybody has a vacation day for everybody. Uh, you know, and then if you're really brave, you want to see racing on Thursday night, then Friday night, you go to Orlando Speedway for crash rams. So, I mean, it, it, and then and if you're really brave, go to the uh, Coke Zero Four Hundred on Ferry night at Daytona. So, I mean, what a what a what a weekend for of a race junk, You know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, I'll tell you that if those guys, if if there's, you think you're going to have, I mean, if you get twenty five to twenty eight cars in that range for the Clyde Hart, that will be. I, I, it's always a great deal. It really is. Yeah, that would be that would be really good. You know, and on a Thursday night, you know, I, I think we got a real good shot to pull it off because I think so. All, nobody's racing on Thursday night. Uh, you know, the competitor. Uh, you know, we can come down and practice, and you know, run the race. It, it should. It ought to be really good. I'm I'm really excited about the fight art memorial because of you know Thursday night. You know, nobody has to work on Friday, so there's no excuse. There's no excuse not to come. You know, we're going to start the race, I think, around 8, 8.15, something like that. Kim had Kim planned it out so, you know, late-arriving people can get to watch the race. So it ought to be really good. So we're we're really excited about that upcoming race. And then, of course, this weekend we all honor dads. 
you know, dads are free at New Smyrna with you know our big special Home Depot from the promotion, and then we do we bring the old fan participation races back third Saturday of the month. So it'll be really interesting to see if we top last time's car count in uh, in May. We had 14 uh, participants and see if we could top that number. So it's you know everything's going great. So who who are the um... Who are the hot guys in the in the super lates? I mean, obviously, Timmy Russell is always going to be a threat to win when he's at the track, and and Wayne Anderson. Dave Fletcher was there this week. Who, who are the top? Oh no! Well, Joe Winchell. Joe Winchell was there. Yep. Let me tell you How what. Dave Fletcher. Dave Fletcher wasn't there. He didn't. He didn't race. No, it was uh, Joe Winchell. Oh, Joe looking. Winchell. Yeah, Joe Winchell had run. It ran a great race though. Uh, you know, he's a bullring specialist. You know, all those days at Hialeah and, and probably St. Pete and Golden Gate. I mean, he he did a great job. Yeah. So so at this this Clyde Hart Memorial, this is a how many laps is that? 125 laps. Yeah, 125, a biggie. And uh, yeah, that's one of those. It's like you said earlier. It's it's the second biggest race of the year at New Smyrna and. Uh, it's part of the of the triple crown deal. It's a big, big deal, and those guys really want to win that one. It's always a special well, night. And you're honoring, you know, you're honoring, you know, I call him the first father of, you know, short track motorsports in uh, in the state of Florida, Clyde Hart. You know, like you said, I mean, he did a lot for the sport. And uh, you know, very fortunately, you know, let's face it, I mean, tra- tracks are going away, but you know, New Smyrna's still there, and Orlando Speedwell's still there, so. You know, the Hart family is very dedicated. you got to give Robert Robert Hart a lot of credit on Saturday night. It only rained for four hours. You know, of course, you know, hey, he stuck it out. And, uh, you know, didn't have a great great grandstand because it rained for four hours. We still raced. You know, those competitors got in a race. We didn't send them home. So you gotta, you got to give a lot. you got to give the man a lot of credit and a lot of dedication because, you know, that, that, wasn't, a, that wasn't a financial success, but he stuck it out and, he honored those competitors and supported those competitors and said, hey, we're racing. Hey, and, and you're telling me that Dave Fletcher didn't race on Saturday night? I didn't. I mean, not on Saturday night. On Friday, on Friday night. I mean, no, I'm talking about at the, when you just talked about Anderson racing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Hold on. Hold the presses. Rob made a mistake. The bonehead made a mistake. Hold on. Hold I the press. I was wrong. I was looking at another race that Anderson came, but he actually won. So it's a different racetrack. I'm sorry. So. Yeah, we had, like I said, we had a good car field of cars, 18 cars, which is was excellent. And, you know, when you put 18 super lights at Orlando Speedwell, you got a race. That's a show, man. That's a, man, that's a true bullring. And, they, you know, it's good. A lot of passing. And, you know, we had a few thing ups, and that's part of the game. Hey, Rob, you know, one of the outstanding memories, and, and it was one of those crazy things you didn't want to see, but, you know, there's a part of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of those fans that, you know, when I'm watching racing, it's I'm just a fan like everybody else, and there's 30% of us that get some vicarious thrill out of watching wrecks. Um, you never want to see anybody injured, but I'll tell you, just the spectacularness of it was I tell you, Rick Angies was there that night, and and he and I always, always say that was one of the most incredible things we ever seen. It there was a big field of late models at at New Smyrna, and Lee Collins was racing in the late models that night, and his car got sideways, upside down. Actually, not upside down. It got on its side, 
coming out of turn uh, uh, two. And as it headed down the back straight, it was flush up against the wall on its side the whole way down the back straight. And he didn't get hurt, thankfully, because Lee's, you know, and you would never want anybody to get hurt, but Lee's a very popular guy, and it was like a lot of holding breaths, but it was a spectacular crash. But it, it, what it did was it showed how the speed at New, at uh, Orlando is. That's a very fast racetrack. It sure is. And if you look at that track, you say, ah, it's a small little track. Uh-huh. You're going pretty fast at yeah. Speed World. Yeah, you got the banking, you got great banking there, you got great momentum. Yeah, great banking and no slowing down. And uh, I remember yeah, when they put... in those corners, you get sideways in any of them corners, you're going to eat the wall. That's how that track is. You're really moving out around that racetrack. You've raced there, right, Rob? Oh, absolutely. Many Friday nights there. We used to run Florida Pro Series. We'd run there on Friday and New Smyrna Saturday. And there'd be cars tore up from that Friday night. You'd have to race them the next day. And uh, I remember tearing my car up pretty bad the next day at... Uh, at New Smyrna, after working all night, getting it ready to race at New Smyrna, go out there in the race, hit the wall, and back her in the wall. So, so Joe, from what you've seen so far this year, who, who are two or three of the of the the very who, who's getting it done in the super late models? I would say, I would say to me, the, the fastest guy out there right now, Timmy Russell by far. Yeah, Timmy Russell has, has the fastest super late model out there right now. Yeah, he he's been there the last. The last few years, he's, he's been, been he's been in the he's been in the hunt at every race at at New Smyrna and you know I think of the you know at Orlando sometimes you know you know maybe he's got to let the race come to him and I think David Rogers taught a lot of guys you know you know David Rogers the KG veteran you know he let that race come to him on on uh, Friday night but it's you know it's a, it's a different driving style between Speed World and New Smyrna you know New Smyrna is like super super speedway racing. Now you get you know you go to you go to you know speed roll now it's bull ring racing you know and to me I'm a bull I, I love bull ring guys racing because I grew up in Connecticut and, you know watching quarter mile racetracks and guys bull ring race so but it's but you're right Timmy Russell right now you know Wayne David Rogers and Jeremy Jeremy Clangell for as many years that he has you know in his program he's doing a great job yeah Jeremy's just been just been lacking some little. Maybe it's just experience, but the last few years uh, he's been hanging right there. Um, you know, he doesn't get well, the. You really think about the amount of you know the amount of time, the amount of races he has under his belt compared compared to uh, Wayne Anderson, David Rogers, you know, Jimmy Russell. I mean, there's there's a big difference, and you know, experience is a you know you know let's face it, you know you can't buy experience; you got to learn experience. Yeah. Well, earlier, early in this show, we, um, and I'm just going to throw this out to you, and you can take it as far as you want to. Um, we talked with uh, Billy Osborne about, uh, we brought up to him some articles. Earlier in the week, I had uh, ran across several articles about uh, NASCAR um, and uh, on major sports news sites, and uh, that they were talking about the uh, downturn at NASCAR um, events for the uh you know in the grandstands okay that's understandable this was i'm I'm kind of uh bringing a whole bunch of articles together but it was kind of expressed that that was understandable but not only that but nascar is losing it on the uh the television side too 
you've been around this sport a long time and, and you're in the marketing arena. What are you what is your take on that? I think, you know, when you look at NASCAR's numbers, I think they've plateaued and it's like anything. They you know, they were up for like fifteen straight years and I think it's just like anything, you know, most businesses are, you know, very you know, they go in cycles and, and I think I think right now that NASCAR is just in a you know a little low right now, and I think I really have to give them a lot of credit for having the guts to say, okay, boys, you know what, we we got to race, we got to put a show on for people, we're going to double file restart, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you got to you know I, I I really applaud those guys for doing that. Um, they did that with the Camping World Series about three years ago or four years ago, and I remember watching three Camping World races when it. You know, up in New England, I watched one at Waterford Speed Bowl, and I watched one at Lake Erie Speedway, and I watched one at Holland Speedway for the double file restarts. And the guy, the guy who was on the outside on the last restart, every one of those races, won the race. It was unbelievable. You, know, you had lead changes every, you know, lead changes, and you know it's racing. You know, you know you got to look at it two perspectives. If I'm a car owner, I don't want double file restarts. I don't want inversion. But if I'm a race fan, I want double file restarts and I want inversions because I'm paying to see action. So I know I, I feel for car owners, but yet I got to feel for the fans too because without the fans, we could have 300 cars in the pits and we'd be out of business. And that is the second time tonight we've heard that exact statement made, Rob. Got to you know you got to cater yeah. to the fans, and I know you know there there are some car owners that are not happy with with us because we had such a deep invert, but yet. Yeah, you got to put a show on for the people. And, you know, sometimes I guess it's like sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But at the end of the day, the fans that came to that Bright House Network Challenge Series 50 lapper went away saying, you know what, man, I really got my $15 worth because there are so many different late lead changes and so much. You know, you know who's going to win? I'm looking at David Rogers starting 13 saying, hey, no way he's going to win this race. And he won. Yeah, the old the old man can get it done still. You know the old saying, "Action's the attraction." And a couple of weeks, I'm going back up that way. You know, I'm going up to your old place up there in Erie, PA. I don't know if I'm going to have time to catch a race or not. I'm going to a wedding, but I'm going back there. I haven't been there in about twenty years, thirty years. I don't know, a long time. Yeah, that was quite the place, wasn't it? Oh, Lake Erie Speedway is, is you know, it's it's a. You know, it's it's a fourteen, it's a twelve million dollar facility. You know, and 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 sad thing, and they built they built it in the middle of dirt track country. So it's you know it's very challenging, but it's an unbelievable facility. It's beautiful. Yeah, the photos I haven't seen it, but the photos uh, seem to suggest and that. It's, you know, and it, and it and it and it's wide enough where you can do side by side racing. Yeah. Okay, I got one to ask you about now. How about Mr. B.J. McLeod? How's he doing out there racing on the racetrack since he's come back? You know, he, like I said, he had some bad luck this past Friday night. Oh, he got up into a little jingle there and crashed up the car and, you know, went into the pit area. But he he's run pretty solid at New Smyrna. Oh, so far, so good. And I think that new program with Chris Long and Boggy Creek Airboat Ride, you know, they're all learning and they got a great crew chief. And, you know, James does a good job there. It's a program that I think, you know, I would say – Watch out when it comes to the Governor's Cup because they'll have they, I think they'll have a shot to win the Governor's Cup because their program's getting better. It's a brand new program. You give that young man the car, and he will he will take it as far as the car can go. There's a bunch of good racers that are in this uh, that, that race with you guys there. I mean, I, I don't know if folks out there listening realize that 
the kind of talent that um, you guys actually do have running around there. And looking just at the the guys that were in that race, you know, uh, Rogers, Winchell, Matt Bowers, kid, up and coming kid, does really well. Uh, Brian Finney been racing for a long time. Clouser, Daniel Webster. He's one of the guys Daniel we Webster. talked about before. Yeah, you talk about, there's a oh, yeah. guy, Daniel Webster. Yeah. Daniel Webster's going to pull off a big win one these days because, you know, hey, he's there. He's, he's, he's finishing. He's going to hey, pull off a big win one these nights. I could say if this. You guys, you can, these guys go to Citrus County Speedway, he'll put it on them there. I'll guarantee you that. Yeah. you. I could say this. Joe can't. Nobody, maybe nobody else can, but I'll say it. You give Daniel Webster, uh, the kind of equipment, some of those top-notch, yeah. yeah, look out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Uh, yeah, but it, it, you guys are going to have a great field there for the governors, for sure. That's going to be a really great race. And, uh, you know, these 18 cars that you guys just had there, there wasn't no slouch field, that's for sure. Got a lot of these young sure guys, man. they got great equipment. You know, and they're, and they're learning, too. And, and it's like anything, there's a, there's, there, there's a big difference between winning truck races Winning late model races, and then and then all of a sudden you jump up to super lates. Now you're dealing with some cagey veterans, guys that have raced a long time, guys that have well funded programs. And, you know, just like going to Nextel Cup, those guys, those guys that are Richard Petty's, the Kelly Arboros, the you know the the Bobby Allisons, those guys, those guys are established veterans. And it's like anything, it's it's tough to beat an established veteran. But you like I said, you got to buy your time. Speaking of established veterans, I want to mention that uh, Rex Hollinger on that same night finished seventh in the mini stock race. <laughs> How about it, Rex? <laughs> that that'll get you another bottle of a uh, a bone man. Uh, uh, what I, I forget what he? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, Joe. Th- Rex Collins, Joe, you know who Rex Hollinger is, don't you? Uh huh. No. Okay, well he's well you will. He's going to come introduce himself to you. He's he's listening to this show, and uh, the Bone Man will come and uh, make his presence known to you. He's been racing at uh, New Smyrna and Orlando for a long, long time, and he's one of the big fans of, of this this show every week. And and uh, eighty five in yeah. the mini stock race. Yeah, he, Don't he, get it mixed up with Bonehead, which is me. It's Bone Man, Rex Hollinger. He's going to come and introduce himself to you. Yeah, there's no doubt he will now. Looking forward to meeting him. Yeah, no doubt, Joe. And I uh, hope you're having fun, man, and, and thanks a lot for spending some time with hey, us here thank tonight. You for, and thank you for promoting us. And, you know, I really enjoy calling in every Monday, you know, talking about what's going on because, you know, you got a lot of listeners out there. And hopefully all those listeners will come up for July 2nd for the uh, Fight Heart Memorial because that's going to be a super race. Absolutely, Joe. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, guys. All right. Please, Joe. <laughs> At least I didn't call him by a different name. He, that, I'm having a hard time with names today. And you guys wonder why that is, because the whole time I'm sitting here, I'm just not sitting here sometimes listening. I'm reading. There's 20 I'm things going on. Amazing stuff. And so I, I see names, and the next thing you know, somebody's called, you know, uh, Bob Green. Yeah, CC always always uh, mentions that fact that uh, you know it would be funny if if there were webcams here because uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on during this two hour show besides us just sitting talking into a microphone. There's all kinds yeah. of things going on, and uh, some of it's funny and some of it isn't. But uh, Rob, and some of the information that I get is old. Yeah. 
Hey, I'll tell you what. Dave Fletcher, I thought Dave Fletcher was running in the Bright House deal, and it wasn't. It was some citrus from a week before. It's, uh, it's, it's time for the Reverend, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with the Reverend. Say your prayers. Rob, I want you to know that was number one on the hit parade, the country hit parade in 1832, Mr. Webb Pierce. Yes, uh, I'm sure it was enjoyed just as much then as it was by myself and all the fans out there. Uh, who do we have on the line? And, and Mr. Rick Bristol was able to uh, to enjoy that as well. Yeah, Rick, what's happening, buddy? What's up, man? How are you? Rick, better, I, you know, than sitting here having a nice conversation with my favorite buddies. What's happening? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, hope you hope you're doing well. Oh yeah, man. You know, me and Jack. If if not anything else, uh, you know, whether anybody was ever listening or not, me and him have this two-hour phone conversation every Monday night. No matter what, when we get done, we're laughing. <laughs> always. Well, so it's always nice to laugh. Yeah. Well, Rick, besides the racing deal, I I, I want to start off here because um, Rob, I don't know if Rob's had a chance to. Rob, if you get a chance to flip over to CarsRacerMarketing.com, 
spell it? Cars, racer, marketing. Yeah. Dot yeah. com. I got it. And uh, I'll tell you, I was I was remarking early in the show, Rick. Um, you know that we we did some updating uh, to to your your website um, for the uh, charity two hundred uh, this year, and not that that's what we. We didn't have you on for this reason, but we're going to start here because I have to tell you, as I was explaining to Rick uh, or to uh, Rob, you have something very, very special going on here, and I mean that most sincerely, man. What I was amazed as I was updating the material that you were sending me. You you have something very special going on this year. Well, um, it's amazing how how things have have grown. You know, uh, when I started doing the old go kart fundraisers years ago, and and uh, as we had fun with that, and it got you know it got bigger, and then and then uh, you know the Lord took it in a different direction because uh, he basically the last event we didn't even get to have, and we still raised more money uh, than we had in the other ones. Um, but that closed the door on that, and we began this thing. Well. Um, you know, the, the Charity Truckers event has grown each year and gotten bigger and better. And now, um, this year, with being able to be turned into the, uh, to the non charitable foundation and get that all going, I now have the opportunity to do other stuff. And so we have our first annual golf tournament that we're going to be having on September 12th, and all the proceeds will go in combination with the Charity Truck Race. But then also, uh, I was able to, uh, to uh, make friends uh, uh by email with one of the uh, one of the real good contemporary Christian groups that has played for years, uh, FFH, and they're going to come and do a, a concert for us the Thursday night, December third, before we have the truck truckers race weekend. Um, they're going to be here at uh, Orlando Baptist Church doing a concert. So with the, the golf tournament, the concert, and now the the charity truck weekend. Um, we stepped out and on faith this year that we could help three families. And so we've taken on three families this year uh, to, to, to try to help. And uh, it's just amazing how, how it's going and how big it's going and all, already how many sponsorships we've already got sold. And and uh, even in this economy, people still you know care for people and want to help them. Hey, Rick, uh, tell us how uh, the, the charity truckers uh, helped. Uh, what was the boy's name last year? Was Tommy? Uh... Well, Tommy Tommy Hopkins was the first year. Last year, uh, the second year was baby Kaylee Helmick, and then right. last year was Lacey Pate. And this year, we actually have we actually have three families we're helping. The first one uh, is a boy who's 12 years old. His name is Keith Purvis. And uh, he lives over in the Bartow area. He has a, a tumor on his eye that is attached to his brain, and it's we're going to require some surgeries um, to take care of. And, and there's, of course, it's cancerous uh, type tumor, and you know, everything's very dangerous there. Um, the other uh, family is a uh, actually the man worked for a sister company that I work for. Um, he passed away of cancer at the age of 45, I believe it was. And he's he's left uh, four kids at home, but he's a veteran. Two older, yeah, two older sons that that are in the um, that are in the military now, serving uh, tours in Iraq. So, uh, you know, we're going to help them. And then the one who's uh, the one whose face just grips, you know, has gripped my heart is uh, is little Joey, two years old, one day short of his two-year-old birthday. Um, they found out that he has stage four cancer, and uh, you know. 
<laughs> you see his picture, and they sent me that picture, and um, you know that that grabbed my heart more than anything. So, but we got the three families to help, and uh, we want to do everything we can to, to try to help them in any way we can. And then, um, and as always, we and we've seen the results that Tommy was cured of his leukemia and is doing well, and, and baby Kaylee, who was not expected to live until last year's event, is still hanging in there and still fighting. And uh, Lacey brought us all, uh, I think, a different feeling last year, just uh, a girl who's been through 24 surgeries, to have the smile and the, and the will that she has um, just makes us all think about sometimes how we whine about such little things in our lives. And uh, what they're going through is, is amazing. So uh, we have the opportunity to help three this year, and we, we're just going to do everything we can to help them. And, and uh, you know, my prayer is this thing just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and, and uh, who knows, you know. We just we just don't know. There's hey, Rick, let me ask right you now. something. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Um, do you uh, do uh, the advertising through churches and able to get through to churches that there's, you know, some racing affiliation that, you know, where – like this, is there interest in Orlando with churches in this? Well, we're um, this year, like I said, uh, this year, no, you know, there is interest with churches. In the past, you know, I've, I've uh, attended many churches in this area and, and, and worked with a lot of the different uh, directors of the youth and that type of stuff over the years, and so I know a lot of them. And so we've had a lot of people out there, uh, young, young, uh, you know, youth groups and stuff like that as well at the racetrack and also at the charity event. Um, but with the Christian concert this year, it's gonna it's gonna open up another avenue for us to uh, to really have that event be a part of it. But while they're there, they're gonna all gonna get free tickets and, and ask to come out and help us. And you know, uh, I can't afford to advertise here in Orlando. It's it, it's outrageous. I mean, right? Yeah. Ten thousand dollars for ten thousand dollars, I wouldn't get that much advertising, but I would have to have four thousand fans in the stands to pay for it. So my thing is, rather than doing that. I use every avenue, including uh, all the miles that I put on my vehicle and walking and passing out flyers and tickets and my daughters and my wife and everybody that helps us do that. Um, we just that, That's how we get people there, and, and we give out a bunch of free tickets. And, and the reason why is if we get them out there, we have programs, we have T-shirts, we have raffles, we have collection in the grandstands. If they're not there, we're not going to get it. And if I spend the money on the advertising, I'm putting myself in a hole. So... Um, that's that's one of the things we've we've made a lot of email and site connections over the last three years, and we continue to do that. So our our ability to to advertise the event without spending a ton of money is the key to being able to raise as much as we're able to do. I mean, that, if we go and spend yeah, a bunch of money in advertising, we just we're just putting ourselves in a hole. Yeah, that's why I was saying with the churches, I know that um, they don't they wouldn't charge for it, you know. Uh, uh, I know in Orlando there's got to be some huge Baptist churches there. Uh, I know they're here in Tampa. I know here in Tampa there's a church called Ottawa Baptist Church in Tampa. I know my mother and, and, and stepfather are, are members there, and I, I've been to that church several times. It is huge. They do um, three or four services on a Sunday. Um, right. There's thousands yeah. of people that go to those churches, and a lot of kids that go there that I think never um, get a chance to, uh, right. to to see anything with racing because there's not much religion in racing outside of uh, you know a pastor coming and praying most of the time. Well, you know, there it, should it, be. You know, in the old days, in the old days.
Gibbs and uh, and people who who you know who profess you know Christ, being Christians and and they and they have a good testimony. They have done a lot for um, religion and racing, and then NASCAR does have the the services. They do have the you know all of that for the drivers, and so it's very it's very important. Um, that that is, and, 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 and I have been able to meet a lot of great people in racing that are Christians, and I think there's a lot out there. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people still look at it as it's just the old redneck sport, and, you know, they're, they're just a bunch of partying animals and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, that, that, that kind of has changed a bit, you know, over the years. And there's, I, and, and the other thing is there's tracks that you go to are different than others. Uh, you know, it, there's difference between certain racetracks and the kind of people that attend. And I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, when I went to Sunshine Speedway, when I first started going over there, it was a whole different group of people over there than people I was used to seeing at this track. I mean, that's what happens when you go from one demographic to another. They change. It's yeah. not all rough fun. Well, and, and, and just on that point, at the end of this show, when, when we fade away here at the end of this show, we're going to play uh, – an interview uh, that uh, Randy Dye um, and the gang over there at Trackside Tonight did with Morgan Shepard just recently. And, uh, of course, we work with them here on Real uh, Race in USA. And if anybody's hanging out and listens to us, listens to that show, that interview, it's a 30-minute interview with Morgan Shepard. If that don't straighten your head out about this whole deal, Nothing will, and and I, I don't know if you've heard that, Rick. Um, but I haven't heard that interview. But it's unbelievable. It. Yeah, and I've actually I've actually got a um, I've got a, um, a biography, uh, a short biography pamphlet that was written about him, and I, I, I love him. And I think he's great. I think he's a great guy. I think he's done a lot for um, for Christianity in in racing and. Uh, and he's just—he's an amazing person. Yeah, absolutely. He—he is—he is the complete opposite of, uh, you know, a guy standing in the middle of of the uh, winter circle beating a guitar to death. I mean, he's the opposite of that, and 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 it's just a wonderful thing. And 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 you just reminded me, so I just queued it up. And at the end of this show, we'll replay that again. It's it's a wonderful you know, interview. Right. Racing is a is a great platform, and uh, it's nice to see Rick that you've taken your platform and you're you're using it, you know, for a, an advantage, a great advantage, and that people it's need to have. Things. Yeah, well, I I mean, I love racing, but I love my Lord, and so if yeah. I can do them both together, uh, if I can do them both together, just it, just it, you know, that's like having you know everything you want. So uh, yeah, for years, cool. you think about how many years that you had that platform too, and. Uh, you know, and other guys have had it and never used it for that, and it's uh, good, Rick. That's refreshing, you know. And uh, your website, people do need to go to the website and check it out. It's, it's carsracermarketing.com, and uh, you can check out some of the information that's here and uh, well, see the what the purpose thing, is all Jack about. Has, yeah, Jack has donated his time on, on keeping that website up, and I appreciate it very much. He uh, it's got all the history of all the three events are down on the links on the left-hand side, down about halfway down. You can look on all the fundraisers, see a little bit of the stories on everything. And then, of course, it has uh, this year's information. And we're, I'm still feeding him stuff and keeping him busy. <laughs> I'm sure when he gets by email, he's like, man, are these guys killing me? <laughs> no, it's, uh, that, that is uh, a labor of, uh, of love uh, 
Rick, like uh, none, none of the others that I do, believe me. And uh, yeah, I, we wanted to get a lot anyway. Yeah, we we wanted to get onto that, and and I wanted you to talk. We originally didn't have you scheduled to talk about this at all. Uh, it was just that once I um, talked to Rob, I, I realized that this is really really special this year, and it's very cool that you're doing it. But um, let's go over to uh, your new role and how it's working out at at Orlando and and some of the things upcoming. I know you got a big race. We talked to uh, uh, Joe Lewandowski a little bit earlier, and he touched on uh, the big race coming up uh, this uh, this weekend. But we have, yeah, we have the Joslin Memorial this Friday, and it's a, it's a memory of Dick Joslin, but also Jerry, his son, who put on that race for many years. And I had the privilege of being uh, real good friends with Jerry and uh, bought trucks from him and stuff when he worked over at Sunny Kings and just got to be a friend with him at the racetrack, traveled to several races with him. In fact, uh, just just a week before he uh, passed away from a heart attack, uh, I, I drove to a race at Ocala with him. And, and the next week I was up announcing the uh, Florida Pro Race up in Lake City when he, when he had the heart attack helping his girlfriend move. So, uh, you know, we're having the race this weekend. Uh, I, I One of the first things that I wanted to do this year was to bring that race back. Um, we originally kind of announced something to try, and um, it just it just it just didn't work out with the timing of what what we uh, what we needed to do, and we had to kind of go back and and change it back to the the tires for the track and stuff. Right now, you know, when you when you try something at first and you, you kind of review some things, maybe it's just not the right time. And I, I just felt me and Butch talked, and we just felt it wasn't going to work what we wanted to try and it doesn't mean it won't happen again or it's some things that we want to try but um and you know it, it frustrated some people one way and really frustrated people the other way so we had to kind of make the best decision for speed world in the race uh, as we could and um so i mean we're having the 50 lapper um we got a pretty good purse we've got uh, lap money uh, i think we had five laps remaining as of friday we were trying to get the rest of those sold and we've got uh, some awards that we're still you know, we're still going to try to get together over the next couple of days, but we do have uh, a hard charger award for 100 bucks already put aside, uh, sponsored. So, um, so you know, we're excited about that. We've had um, we've had some good results this year with some of the new promotions that I've done with scouts and um, with law enforcement night. We had a real good crowd on both of those nights and uh, a couple of other nights that we've tried. This past weekend, we had a uh, we you know, of course, we had two weeks of rainouts, and that that was actually. Uh, uh, Armed Forces night, Scout night got rained out, but we had quite a few of them that came back this week, and um, so they were there again. And we've made some changes and added another Scout night. We're going to have a big night in September. We're going to have a race on uh, 9/11. We're going to have a 9/11 Remembrance Night, and we're going to invite uh, all of our military folks and uh, our EMTs, firefighters, and police. And then we're going to have all of the Scouts out there, and we're just going to have a big remembrance in our opening ceremonies and. Stuff like that, but we got a lot of you know we got some cool nights coming up. Of course, we got Crash Rama coming up here in July, and um, and that's always a big event for the track. And then well, we've got the fifties and sixties night coming up in August. We're going to have a, a five dollar admission night, fifties, sixties night. We're going to have a bunch of the old carters out there. We're doing a show. We're going to have a costume contest. Everybody dress up, come in their fifties, sixties garb, and we'll have a winner, prizes, and all that stuff. And uh, uh, we're going to have the antique cars racing there that night. Just kind of going to make that a big night. So we, we've got a lot of neat things that's going on. We're going to have a faith night. Um, we're going to have a Christian faith night. And um, uh, later in the year, we're going to have a $25 car load night. Uh, you know, we just got a lot of new things that we're trying. But, one, you know, 
the thing right now is, and anybody that's out there working for racetracks knows it, uh, it's hard to get any money right now. This, you know, the economy is tough. People's budgets are slashed, and uh, there's just not a lot of money. So I've gone into the mode of just getting people out there, trying to make connections for when things do get better, but also doing some trade stuff. I just had a meeting tonight with a hotel out near the racetrack, and we kind of, we've put some stuff together to make it uh, beneficial for both of us. And um, they were excited about the charity. are going to going to jump on board furnishing rooms for the families this year and. There's just a lot of neat things that are happening. And, you know, I told them when it started, it's not going to turn over around overnight. It's going to be a relationship-building thing, But and, I, and I'm seeing progress. Um, I wish I had a full-time deal to put into it. I'm only able to put about 20 hours a week into it. But um, a lot of good things are happening, and, and uh, we've had some great racing. I mean, we really have. I mean, the car counts haven't been stupendous, but they're, but they're holding their own compared to a lot of places. And, um, we've had some really good racing, and um, you know, with only running five divisions a night now, we're able to you know, features only. We're able to kind of it's kind of more laid back, and everybody's not getting all mad, and you know that kind of stuff. So I I really like it. I you know we've we've heard some complaints, and we've you know whatever, but you're always going to have that. But overall, it just seems to be going very very well. Sounds good, Rick. Um, you got a good cause going on. And uh, folks need to go check it out. Check out the website. And uh, well, I'm, sure, I'm we'll, sure we'll be in I'm touch sure with you we'll again. Talk. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get together again because there's some things going on right now that if it all comes together, um, that, that we we will definitely be back with uh, you guys to announce all that because um, it could be huge. That's a, na- <laughs> that's, that's a NASCAR hint in disguise. He can't say uh, that. I can. Not, well... In, in partially could be. I don't. I. I'd be honest with you. Trying to get drivers to come has, has been very, very hard. But there is a possibility of that. But there's more of a possibility of uh, one of the really great people in NASCAR racing helping us out to do something. And plus, Chad has been working on some. Chad Pierce, my driver, has been working on something that he is. If he pulls it off, you ain't never going to see a deal like this will be. So I, I don't want to jinx it. I'm just going to pray that it works out because if it does, it'll be the biggest thing you've ever heard of, uh, especially uh, in lap money. Let me just put it that way. Thanks a lot, Rick, <laughs> and keep up the good, good, I, I, good work, man. You'll get all you'll get all the you'll get all the information first, but we'll be in touch. All right, man. All Thank, right, Rick. Take it easy. Thanks a lot, man. All right, take care. See you. All right. Um, uh, let's get through this uh, driver of the month for the month of. Uh, That was that. That was a microphone roll. Hildebrand Jewelers, Inside Florida Racing Real Racing USA Driver of the Month for May, and he will be on our show next week. Is Drew Brannon, without a doubt, without Drew a doubt. Brannon. We're gonna have him on next week, and we're gonna present him as the winner. I'm sure he's just jumping up and down right now because he's listening to the show and hey, uh, that we'd call him, but we're going to call you next week. Yeah, we're going to do that next week. As a matter of fact, he will be the only person uh, from the stock car trades on our uh, on our show next week, unless some something. But he race go karts anyway, so he fits right in. Yeah, it's going to be all karting night next week and uh, next Friday, live 
from Ocala Speedway, the 14th Annual Pal Memorial. If you can't make it to the racetrack for some reason, you have no good reason, but if you can't make it, you can listen to it live on Real Racing USA with Rick Angies and Joe Lineberry. Of course, Joe Dirt will be uh, broadcasting it live. Learned a lot tonight, as always. Uh, it's always interesting. Um, remember, the show's not going anywhere. Content is always never changing. Same time next week. It's all about party. Right here inside Florida Racing. We'll see you. See you, Rob. Good night. <laughs>